on episode 522 of the 40 Plus Fitness Podcast, we meet Julie Wilcox and discuss her book, The Win-Win Diet, How to Be Plant-Based and Still Eat What You Love. You can find the full show notes for this episode at 40plusfitnesspodcast.com forward slash 522. If you decided you're ready to make a change to reclaim your health and fitness, the 40 Plus Fitness Podcast is here for you. Each week, we dive deep into health and fitness topics that affect those of us over 40. I'm Alan Meisner. I'm an NSAM certified personal trainer with specializations in corrective exercise, behavior change, and fitness nutrition, a FAI certified functional aging specialist, and an OTA level two online trainer. I'm joined each week by our co-host, Rachel Everett. She is an NASM certified personal trainer and a RRCA level one run coach. Let us be your coaches as you find your way on your health and fitness journey, all right? Let's go. When people ask me who I listen to to keep up with what it takes to get and stay fit as we age, to learn new techniques and keep motivated, on the top of my list is Dr. Jonathan Sue, physical therapist, fitness expert, and the host of the Get Fit Guy podcast. It's part of the Quick and Dirty Tips Network. So in quick, smart episodes, Dr. Sue uses step-by-step explanations and scientific evidence to help you move through the world with ease and enjoyment. He covers practical topics like how stretching can improve cardiovascular health, exercises to help with knee pain, and how to get the most out of walking for exercise. And he'll share tips on how to avoid neck, back, and shoulder pain, ways to relieve post-exercise soreness, and what to eat before, during, and after your workout. Whether you want to begin an exercise routine and don't know where to start, or you're looking to shake things up, Dr. Sue's tip will help you reach your fitness goals and create a healthy, sustainable lifestyle. Listen to new episodes of the Get Fit Guy every Tuesday. Just search for Get Fit Guy wherever you listen to podcasts. Hello, Raz. How are things going? Good, Alan. How are you today? Doing pretty good. It's 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 really been really, really busy here. You know, of course, yeah. we knew we were going into busy season and uh, it's like ebbs and flows. So we had mm-hmm. a bunch of people at New Year's and then it kind of let up and where Tammy's looking at the schedule and saying, wow, we're, we're wide open. There's, there's nothing. And all of a sudden, boom, 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 reservation, reservation. And so it's really cool, except it just means that, yeah, it's like right now, tomorrow, three rooms checking in. We weren't expecting that kind of thing. Like you're, you're Mm -hmm. on it. Like we thought we had a day off or we thought we were going to have some time. And I'm like, no, if, if it's up there, it's can, it can get booked. And you know, then I'm trying to figure out some of the back end stuff of, you know, how do I get the, the trip advisor thing to work with the Facebook thing, with the Google thing, with our reservation system oh my gosh. And back and forth <laughs> and trying to tie all that stuff together. So I'm trying to get that a little bit better organized. So, you know, people, when they come in, they're like, okay, I don't see any reviews. Well, I want you to see some reviews. So I want mm-hmm. you to see some current reviews because it's, it's a little, we're a little different than the previous owners. Um, were as far as how we're running it and what we do and how we've upgraded it. So, nice. you know, really just making sure that they're not, you know, oh, don't get me wrong. The previous owners did a great job. They have great reviews, uh, but you start looking around and it's like, we've done so much to, Tammy's done so much to make the place look great and, and operate great that, you know, when someone comes in, we want them to understand that there's a, a different way we're approaching this and, and a different right. level of service that we provide here. Uh, at Lula. So, um, it's, that's been very busy. And then the gym's Good. been relatively busy and Good. You know, so it's been go, 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 go. And well, since new year's, I mean, literally, literally since mm-hmm. new year's Eve, boom, this is go out of the wow. gate. So haven't had much time to look up and, and do much else, but, um, oh, gosh. it is what it is, you know, you busy can be good. It is. Um, and then, yeah, we'll probably, uh, block out a, a week or so in, in May and, and, take some time off just to catch our breath before we go into the, into the, this kind of the lull of the season. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, at some point, I think we're going to have to take a deep breath and relax. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. Definitely. It's a time off here now and then that's good. Glad to hear everything's going well with Lula's. That's so exciting. Yeah, it is. How are things up there? 
Good. Actually, the opposite of you. It's quiet now. <laughs> My kids are back to college. Uh, they had a very nice long break for the holidays and now they're back in school. So I've had some extra time here to work on my other New Year's resolution to start reading books. So I'm reading a book for entertainment, not about running or health or fitness or anything. So it's kind of nice yeah. to have that change. <laughs> yeah, I, I, every once in a while, I'll sit down and do some of that. I've got mm-hmm. three books I, I ordered and had, you know, because again, we there's no bookstore here. Um, mm-hmm. So I've ordered a few, I'd ordered a few books to come down. Some of them are like these, these old classics is like, you know, you, you were supposed to have read this somewhere in college mm-hmm. or high school or something. Awesome. And it's like, you've never read that. No, no, I've never read that. It's like, well, that was like, oh. you had to read it. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, well, we didn't have to, but uh, now I want to know. So I'll go back and read those. So, and, mm-hmm. you know, and then there was the show, um, the man from high castle, it was on Amazon, I think. Mm-hmm. So I'd watched all those. And then I was like, I knew it was a book. So I was like, I want to go read the book and see how close the book is to the series. Cause I typically like oh. the books better than movies. You know, I don't, I don't know about you, but I mm-hmm. tend to like books better than movies. Um, and some books are entirely different. Like if you've mm-hmm. seen Forrest Gump, the movie, the book is an entirely different story. Huh, that's it's, it's the same story, but it's, it's almost like the character is different. Wow. And, and I would even say, dare say a little less likable. But it's huh. um, <laughs> just my impression of it. But the, you know, again, when you read a book, it's a little bit more what's going on in your head versus mm-hmm. what's the, the actor wants to put on the screen, the director True. puts on the screen. Um, so I like to read the books to see how close they are to the what I saw or vice versa. Sure. Awesome. Well, enjoy those reading if you have the time. <laughs> if I have the time. <laughs> to yeah. do that for well, fun. I'm a little head. I am a little head on my interviews. Uh, you know, Good. we've got four or five interviews in there, and I've got three or four more that are on, you know, kind of on deck. Uh, as soon as they get their interview book, then I'll be on to those. But I'm trying to kind of pace myself now to say, okay, I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do more than two interviews a week. There's no reason for me to do more than two interviews a week. Sure. Um, because it's I can tell you three is a lot and five is too much. Um, And that's what I did before we got to new year. So never again uh, (laughs) in a week, Uh, but I I will, I will drop it down and and try to get to two a week here and there and just keep myself ahead because we are pretty much ahead now in recording, which is kind of a good place to be other than some of these interviews happened two months ago. And trying to remember what we talked about. Oh, geez. (laughs) All right. But we are going to meet, we are going to talk to Julie Wilcox. Um, Are you ready for that? Yes, let's do that. Our guest today is a health and wellness entrepreneur, writer, and expert. She is the founder of Julie Wilcox Wellness, a consulting company that champions wellness for global clients. Her teachings incorporate personalized, balanced, and sustainable practices for holistic, healthy living. She has worked with thousands of individuals through corporate and institutional wellness programs, as well as nonprofit organizations. As a writer and content creator, her articles and videos have been featured in many notable publications, including Forbes, Fox News Health, Parade, and Mind Body Green. She collaborated with esteemed scientists at the Rockefeller University on an obesity and pregnancy nutrition study for adolescent women. She earned her Master's of Science degree in Nutrition and Dietetics at New York University and A.B. at Harvard College in English and American Literature. With no further ado, here's Julie Wilcox. Julie, welcome to 40 Plus Fitness. Hi, Alan. How are you? So nice to be here. Thank you. (laughs) One of the things I love about life is that if we really take our time and we think about it, we can develop a win-win attitude. We can, we can develop a win-win relationship. Um, and for a lot of people, when it comes to food, they don't think that way. They, their brain is in this, I've got to win over food or food's going to win over me. But you're bringing a plan and your book is called The Win-Win Diet, How to Be Plant-Based and Still Eat What You Love. So you're approaching this from a very good mindset of, I can win and, and have good food and still enjoy it with a win-win instead of a win. Someone's got to win. Someone's got to lose. That's exactly right. <laughs> yeah. The win-win actually operates on several important levels. Um, you get to reap a laundry list of health benefits while also alleviating climate change. You get to eat an incredibly healthy diet while 
not having to sacrifice entire food groups or foods that you love. Um, and lastly, as you mentioned, you can personalize your diet. You don't have to conform to a fad or fit into some something that's made for the masses, not for you and, and how your body actually works optimally. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've tried different ways of eating over time because, you know, I'm doing this podcast. I did things for my own health and I was like, okay, this doesn't work for me. And I would, I would figure it out pretty quickly. Uh, that, that it didn't. And, and that's one of the things I've talked about on the podcast for a long, long time is that each of us has to eat to our own. We have to know what serves our body. We have to get rid of foods that don't serve our body and, and then find our place. And it, you, in a sense, you know, we're, we're always going to have labels because as humans to communicate at all, we, we have to put a label on it, on the way we eat. You know, you're, are you a carnivore? Are you an omnivore? Are you a vegetarian? Are you a vegan? And then there's some space in between those. And that's what I like about this is your, your approach, it goes into four levels and I'll admit it's not on the carnivore keto side for sure, but as you, but I've, I've had vegan ketos on, so you, you can do that. It's possible. Uh, so I'm not saying it's not there, but you're, you're helping people go a little bit more plant-based, which there's a ton of evidence. You look at Mediterranean style diets, the dash diets, uh, and then you, you realize that that plants provide a nutrition that we need. And the more of them we can get in our diet, probably the better with fiber and all the other things we talk about that help you feel satiated and full. You're getting the protein and you're getting some healthy fats, then it all kind of comes together. So in your approach in the win-win diet, you have three, four levels. And, and I'm, I'm going to say they're sort of uh, stacked because as you go in, they're a little bit more restrictive at, at the next level, next level, next level. And it's flexitarian, pescatarian, vegetarian, and then vegan. Can you talk through those and why you structured those in that way? Sure. So I think those four diets really suit a wide variety of preferences and needs um, out there in the world for, for pretty much anyone. Uh, there's a really, and within those diets, there's actually a range that you can also personalize. So just to, to define each one of those eating patterns, a flexitarian reduces their meat consumption and eats fish, eggs, and, and dairy, as well as plenty of fruits, vegetables, nuts, whole grains, seeds, and plant-based proteins. And, and all the, the diets share those plant foods in common. They're trying to increase the consumption of, of those plant foods and decrease the animal foods. The pescatarian diet um, doesn't eat any meat, but they do eat fish, eggs, and dairy. Vegetarians eat no fish or meat and eggs and dairy, and some eat only eggs or dairy. Um, and then finally, we have the vegans, which don't eat any meat at all. Um, so really, there's a lot of, of room for, for personalization, customization along the spectrum between the diets, within the diets. Um, so that's why I, I decided to, to choose those four. you know, other plant-based diets like fruititarian, for instance, I don't think that's something that appeals to all that many people. I mean, I, I don't know that many people who only <laughs> really want to eat fruit. <laughs> <laughs> Well, besides maybe ritual, but, uh, you know, <laughs> but, but, you know, the, the thing is, is in each of these, each of these approaches, um, cause I don't want to, I don't want to use the word diet. I think that's a bad word. Actually. Uh, it's a four letter word anyway. Um, is that each of them allows you and te you're teaching them how to get the uh, adequate amount of protein. Um, they're getting less of it from processed foods. They're getting more fiber in each of these. Uh, than they would if they were eating a lot more meat. Uh, they're moving to more, you know, with the flexitarian, more chicken and poultry and that and fish. And then with pescatarian, they're going more to the fish and, and you know, all of them are going to have some form of eggs and maybe dairy, but it's a tolerance thing because you can get vegetarian, as you said, okay, I, I'm vegetarian, but I, I, I don't do well with the dairy. And so I, I just eliminate the dairy and now I'm an egg vegetarian, which I forget the word for that, but, uh, you know, ovo okay. Yeah. And so, so the ones that only have dairy are lacto. Okay. There we go. So see, 
there, there's a place. And, and I think where a lot of people have made a mistake and I have too, is that I would, I would say it's an all or nothing. So I would literally just take and be eating the way I was eating and jump to pescatarian is, is in my perspective. And I just jumped to pescatarian and it was a train wreck. <laughs> it was a complete train wreck. Uh, you're staggering it down and you've got this into a series of transitions. And each transition is six weeks, give or take, because it's individualized. And then a two-week kind of a stabilization, you call it a honing and maintenance. Can you talk about that transitioning process and why that's important? Yeah, the, the transitioning methodology that I developed essentially asks that you allow your body to adapt to these these shifts, um, as you mentioned, to just shock the system doesn't really ever, ever work. How many weight loss stories have we heard only to then have the follow-up that people have put the, the weight back on? Um, you know, also for chronic disease prevention and management, you want a diet and a lifestyle that's sustainable for, for the long term. So the way I've mapped out the transitions between the diets uh, starts with focusing on portion control. So let's say if you're moving from omnivore to flexitarian, for instance, and you're used to eating two sausages in the morning with a couple fried eggs, um, the first step for you would be to have maybe one sausage that's regular red meat and then maybe substitute the other one with a turkey sausage. If you're having then a ham sandwich for lunch with typically four slices of ham, reduce it to two, add some lettuce, add some tomatoes or other veggies that you'd like to, again, start moving more towards consuming the healthier foods, the fruits, the vegetables. And, and, and as you said in the book, avocado. So yeah, put some avocado. Yes, avocado. <laughs> I'm a big avocado lover. Um, and, and same for dinner. You know, if you're, if you're used to eating a, a six ounce steak, try for three, add another vegetable, add a whole grain. You know, another thing that um, I, I talk a lot about because in our, in, in the world, there's a lot of um, hostility towards carbs um, and yes, refined carbs. We want to be very careful about um, and, and really not eat a lot of, but whole grain carbs are wonderful for you. As you talked at the beginning about fiber, they're full of fiber, they're you know, protein. They have, um, lots of vitamins and minerals, um, and they're really essential for overall optimal health, well-being, your digestion, energy. Um, it's, it, carbs are what fuel our, our muscles, our brains. Um, so the idea to eliminate them completely is, is, not a, is not really a sound one. So you really want to focus on the refined stuff, the processed foods, the sugary foods, the, the foods with trans fat, uh, added saturated fat. As I say, um, bag, box, jar, or can. Be, yes, exactly. be wary. Yeah. <laughs> so in terms of that first two weeks for any of the transition, it applies a, a, across the spectrum. So if you're moving from flexitarian to pescatarian, then you would do the same portion reduction in the first two weeks, taking the meat down and substituting that with, with fish and plant foods pescatarian to vegetarian, you're reducing the the fish in favor of eggs, dairy, vegetables, fruits, legumes, um, plant proteins. And when you're transitioning from vegetarian to vegan, you're starting to lose the eggs and the dairy. Um, And you want to be careful along these transitions to make sure that you're focusing on what nutrients you might be losing in the process, especially between vegetarian and vegan. So vitamin B12, vitamin D, omega-3s are big ones, calcium. So you want to definitely make sure that you're paying attention to getting those from from the other foods. Um, Also, it's important to understand that I'm not saying that everybody has to move from being an omnivore all the way to a vegan. Um, I make it very clear in the, in the book that you can stop at any point um, and you can go back if you want as well. So for instance, I became vegetarian when I was 14 years old. I saw a film on factory farming in science class. And I also had a sister that was, was vegetarian. And as we know, the people with whom we surround ourselves have a, a 
high impact on our eating habits and lifestyles. So I became vegetarian for about 10 years. And it wasn't until my, my 20s that I realized I just wasn't feeling my best and I couldn't quite put my finger on it. It definitely had something to do with not having enough variety in my diet. Um, I don't think I had as much energy as I wanted. Um, and I started slowly eating fish again and I've been a pescatarian since. So it can be different phases of your life that one diet suits you more than another. Um, if you're pregnant, that's a whole other set of, you know, things you have to think about as you age into, you know, over 60, let's say we have at every phase of life, we have different issues to contend with. And so you really just need to listen intuitively to what your body is telling you and what it needs. Yeah. And that's what I liked about this is every two weeks you had a check-in with yourself, you know, go in there to do this check-in and, and see how this is, is fitting your life. And is it serving you? Are you feeling good? Do you feel like you're getting what you need? And do you feel like maybe you're ready to step a little bit further away? So, you know, you dropped one of the sausages and replaced it with a turkey sausage. It's like, okay, are we ready to go in the next week and say, okay, every other day I'm going to have two turkey sausages and every other day I'm going to have two of the pork sausages and then walk your way down to a point where you're now a flexitarian and very little red meat at all. And, and you feel, if you feel better, if you feel good, then you did the right thing. If you're not feeling it, then you may need to walk back some. Exactly. And so after the, the portion reduction, the next two week phase is meal frequency reduction. So if you're eating meat, say three times a day as an omnivore and you are trying to get to be a flexitarian, you reduce it by one meal in the first week every day, perhaps, or a few times a week. And then in the second week, maybe you reduced to two, uh, to only one meal a day. So the idea of the meal frequency reduction is that by the end of the two week period, you're eating only one meal a day that has your transition food. Um, because then the final two weeks before there's a, there's a honing and maintenance phase the last two weeks, but the last two weeks of the six week period is where you reduce the days on which you actually eat your transition food. So if you're eating it now four days a week, say one meal um, a day, then you work on taking two days away in the first week, and then the second week, another two days a week, a week and then you're down to zero, hopefully, <laughs> by yeah. the end. But then, then, then you assess yourself one more time, and you say, is this right for me? Am I feeling okay? Now I have two more weeks to actually just be with this diet and see how it feels and make any adjustments that maybe I need. Yeah, but I think that self-awareness is really the important part of this because it might take you three or four weeks to get through one of these phases and really feel like, okay, I, I, I've, I've got it nailed down and I'm, I'm comfortable with the way I'm eating. I'm, I'm, I feel good or feel okay. And I'm ready to take the next step versus just saying, oh no, it's two weeks and I'm not sure. You, you be kind to yourself. So show some self-compassion and say, okay, I, I need a little bit more time to acclimate to what I'm doing. And, and then you can take that next step. Exactly. And that's why uh, more specifically about the assessment sections, they're divided into three parts. And I ask you to really do a medical check, talk to your doctor, make sure everything is clear with your, your labs and your, your health status. And in that sphere, I ask you to do an emotional and psychological check to make sure that you're, you're really okay with, with those arenas. Um, so, you know, it, it's, it's a pretty comprehensive evaluation to make sure that, that you're feeling good and feeling better, hopefully with <laughs> the, the reason why people yeah. would theoretically be doing this is because they want to feel better and better. Absolutely. Now, one of the things that's really hard for a lot of people is, that, okay, when I'm cooking my own meals, you know, uh, breakfast may be the easiest unless you're in a hurry and wake up a little late and it's like, oh no. And now I have to stop somewhere and I have to buy food, uh, either at a, a restaurant or I'm in a real hurry and I need to do some kind of takeout or delivery. Can you give us some tips for how we can manage what we're trying to do now uh, in those environments? Because sometimes those menus are a little hard for us to know you know, what are we getting here and, and how, to, so how, how would, how would you recommend someone go and do that? Um, 
I would recommend that you immediately scan menus for fruits, vegetables, lean proteins, um, whole grains. You want to, ideally you want to do your research in advance. So you want to have a few go-to places where you know they they have the foods that that you'd like to be be eating and having um, not only those groupings of food, but also portion sizes that are appropriate because that's a big pitfall for people. And especially when eating out or, or ordering in. So again, you want to learn what the proper portion size of any food is um, and make sure that you're, you're curating your places and your meals properly that way. Um, Word of mouth, talking to neighbors, talking to friends, family in the area is a great way to get ideas of, of where to go as long as they're on the same page as you are. Um, doing online research, looking at menus. Um, a lot of places, you know, now provide nutritional information on their menus. I'm not a big believer in, in calorie counting, and um, I think it's good to know generally what you're consuming um, day to day, but not really actually having to do the computations. Um, that's a, a little bit more of a complicated co conversation, but if you do it once and you eat routinely enough, essentially you'll know where you are and, and what, what you need to do there with, with the calories. Yeah. I think asking questions is super important of your servers. Um, again, what are the ingredients in there? What are the portion sizes? Is it possible to, make alterations. Can I have this, but not that. I think people need to really feel empowered to speak up and ask for what they want. And at least in the least ask questions so that they can make the decision if they don't want it. Um, and they can choose something else. You can always eat half. You don't have to eat the whole thing. I know that can be difficult, but if you set your mind up for that, you know, take the rest home save it for the next day. Or if you're with someone or, you know, you have colleagues in the office that, that might want some, some or family at home, since so many are working from home these days, take it with you. Hopefully someone will have it. And if not, put it in the fridge, freeze it. Of course, we don't like to waste, but um, can always get rid of it if you need to. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, one of the things I would do is I would, I, if I knew I was going to a place and I knew the servings were going to ju they're just insane. I mean, okay. Serving a beef is not 12 ounces or eight right. ounces, you know, so that's two or three servings. So it'd be like, okay, I'm going to take a container and I'm going to take my own salad dressing. And my wife kind of sometimes was a little upset with me for, you know, making a scene and doing these things, but I was, I was really wanting to make sure I was eating better. I would bring my takeaway. And as soon as they'd bring out the food, I would cut, cut the meat and I would put the portion I was not going to eat in the takeaway. There you and go. It's already so, pushed yeah, off my plate. That. Now what's on my plate is my meal. Uh, and then I enjoy a nice meal and I don't have to think about it anymore. Um, I, I just, you know, that's, that's the way I approached it. So having a plan going in, I do, I agree with you is, is really important and doing the research and, and it's, it's a lot of great, a lot of restaurants are doing that. They're putting the information out there. They're making it available. They're flagging their foods whether it's vegan, vegetarian, gluten-free, all those different things. And if they're not, letting them know with your dollars is probably the best way to get them to change. So if the quality of their fish, the quality of their meat is not what you want it to be, don't eat it. Refuse yeah. to go there. And eventually they'll realize, oh, maybe I have to up my game to have you as a customer. Right. And I just want to say that if you know also that you have a lifestyle that is going to require you to eat on, on the run, um, you can also prepare for that by making foods at home on the weekend that are, you know, good for transportation that will stay well, that you can make a couple batches of, whether it's overnight oats or um, yogurt parfaits, dry granola, you can always bring with a side of berries, um, hard boiled eggs. There are definitely a bunch of options that you can prepare for yourself at home because there's nothing better than, than knowing what, what is exactly in your food, making it yourself, knowing where it's coming from and, and being able to apportion everything the way, way you should just taking your, your control, your power back over that. Um, and, and it's probably cheaper too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, um, 
one of the things that's coming about because you know um, veganism and vegetarian and all, these these are not new things but they're they're becoming being plant-based as a diet as a dietary way of eating a way of eating is is getting bigger it's a growing trend uh, based on the science people are paying attention and so now they're coming up with the substitutes so i can go into the grocery store and there's the, the vegan burgers that are uh, bean based or uh, soy burgers or the vegan bacon, which to me is kind of, I don't know, I, that I don't even understand, but uh, I guess, <laughs> you know, and then the, now the, the big ones, Impossible and, and uh, Beyond Meat, which you can buy at uh, a McDonald's or Burger King, I guess. They're doing this because there's a market, but is this something that's that we should be doing? It's like, should we just substitute our meat with, you know, impossible or beyond burger. I think it's okay to do occasionally as you're transitioning when you're in a pinch. Um, but I think people need to really be aware that those foods are comprised of a long list of ingredients that aren't wholly natural and they contain saturated fat. They contain chemicals um, and just all, all different sorts of hybridizations of, of things. Um, and so I, the best is, is to, to go as pure as you can um, make your own burgers with, you know, tofu or beans or, or vegetables. Um, seitan, again, you can get purer forms of all of those. They're, they're processed a little bit just to, to get them to the supermarket, but you want to stay away from the ones that are flavored or trying to imitate something. So yes, the, the vegetarian bacon, like rather just get a loaf of tempeh and slice it up really thin, throw it in the pan with some olive oil and use some smoky spices and make the flavor yourself that way. And I think that goes for any of those plant-based proteins. The beauty of them is that they really absorb flavor beautifully. And so as frequently as you can use and learn about and stick with herbs and spices and making your own sauces out of natural ingredients, whether that's tahini or, you know, if you want Asian style sauces with soy sauces and, um, you know, ginger, garlic, things like that. You can do all that yourself, but using whole pure healthy ingredients, as opposed to things that have been manufactured on a mass scale that are basically chemically derived and, and made. Yeah. And the cool thing is in your book, The Win-Win Diet, you have recipes to help with the transition to each of these levels. So you're going to have some delicious food, you're going to enjoy it. Uh, and then at that point, find your spot in here. So you're eating healthier and feeling better. Exactly. Yeah. I have 95 recipes in the book. And I think that's where I've been really successful in the field of nutrition, working with people and that once you start to actually eat the food that's delicious and you realize that it just, it can be so tasty and amazing. You don't then need or want or, or crave the, the foods that like meat, for instance, that, that maybe you should be eating less of, or want to be eating less of. Um, so I think a lot of it comes down to resources, um, and having those recipes on hand and also having the meal plans to support them. So you understand how to put it all together. So again, so that you don't have to be sitting there worrying about or count, counting your calories or your fat intake during the day, because the meal plan is there for you and you do it a couple times. And then basically, you know, like, this is the way I can mix and match and, I don't really have to think about anything anymore. It's delicious. It's healthy. It's whole foods, um, it's vegetables, fruits, seeds, nuts, all those great things that are going to fuel my energy. that are going to help me sleep better that are going to enhance my focus. Um, you know, prevent and help me manage chronic disease. There are so many reasons to start to embrace a plant based or plant slanted diet. And it's, it's really not as difficult as people think it's, you just need to make these incremental small changes. And, and that's what I really try. That's the message I'm trying to get across in this, in this book. I like that plant slanted. Um, I'm going to use that. Yeah. <laughs> Julie, I define wellness as being the healthiest, fittest and happiest you can be. What are three strategies or tactics to get and stay well? 
So of course, eating your, your plant-based diet, fruits, vegetables, whole grains, nuts, seeds, legumes, um, and plant-based proteins, sleep and getting at least seven hours of sleep a night, exercise, at least 30 minutes a day, about five days a week is, is about the minimum that, that I recommend that those are, those are three. I can go on and on meditation, (laughs) self-nurturing, you know, really just taking care of yourself to decrease your stress and anxiety, which of course contribute to and drive a lot of poor food choices and cravings, um, socializing, having a great group of people around you that uplift your mood, that support your goals, um, that help you when you're struggling. Um, all those things are really important. Awesome. You just, uh, just, uh, regurgitated, uh, Brutner's, um, blue zones again. Um, yes. <laughs> Love him. Love yes. him. <laughs> okay. If someone wanted to learn more about you and the book, the win-win diet, where would you like for me to send them? Um, they can go to Amazon or barnesandnoble.com and order it um, as a, as a pre-sale right now. It actually drops on January 18th. Um, you can, they can follow me on, on social media, Instagram, Julie Wilcox Wellness, LinkedIn, Julie Wilcox, um, Facebook, also Julie Wilcox Wellness. I have a website, juliewilcoxwellness.com. I try to keep people updated on all of these channels. I have a newsletter that uh, they can sign up for on my website. So those would be the, the best channels. Great. You can go to 40plusfitnesspodcast.com forward slash 522, and I'll be sure to have the links there. Julie, thank you so much for being a part of 40 Plus Fitness. Thank you. It was wonderful speaking with you. Thanks for having me on the show. Welcome back, Raz. Hey, Alan. Wow, what a fun conversation. And how can you not want to win and win with your diet? What a really interesting interview about plant-based or no plant slanted diets. That was pretty cool. Yeah. You know, whenever someone says plant-based, I think almost everyone's immediately going to go, well, that's vegan. And and Mm -hmm. the reality is no, the whole, the whole concept of food and, and eating food is really a continuum. And, mm-hmm. and it's a continuum of whether you're going to, you're going to be more meat-based or more plant-based or a little bit more balanced. Mm-hmm. And, and then from that, there's kind of the tweaks of foods you're just never going to eat, you know? So there's sure. some people I sit there and say, you know, I, I happen to love liver and onions oh. and, uh, <laughs> you know, in a few weeks, we're going to talk to someone about why that might actually be good, uh, mm-hmm. for you to have in your diet. But most people are going to sit there and say, no. No, thank you. Not going to do right. (laughs) Not going to do the organs. And I'm saying, and I would say, then it comes to the mind of if you want to be carnivore, Mm -hmm. and you're not going to eat organ meat, you're going to have to supplement because you've made a decision to be in a a restricted diet, very restricted Mm -hmm. diet, and the only way you're going to get the nutrients you need is to is really to eat hoof to horn. I mean, you got to eat the whole animal. Sure. Uh, to make that, make that work. And it's kind of the same thing with, with the other levels here, where you're going flexitarian all the way down to vegan is mm-hmm. you are eliminating something mm-hmm. or you're at least significantly reducing it. And you have to think about the nutritional ramifications of making that decision. So for a vegan, you're not getting B12. There's no food. There's no vegetable based food, plant-based food that gives Mm -hmm. you B12, enough B12 anyway, Mm -hmm. uh, to matter. And therefore your body can't create it. And therefore you don't have it. Mm -hmm. And, um, that can be a big problem. So you may have to supplement if that's the way you're choosing to eat that far on that continuum and the the things you start deciding you want to eliminate, um, you, you have to figure, have to figure all that out. And, you know, as we were talking earlier, you can want to eat a certain way. Mm Mm-hmm. But if your body says no, mm-hmm. uh, then it's probably going to be no. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, we, we all know about the most common food allergies. There's peanut allergies, seafood allergies, and there's even uh, some that maybe people haven't heard about. I think I might've mentioned on our podcast before that my mom's allergic to blueberries and other really dark skin fruits. And my brother has the, to me, the worst allergy. He's allergic to apples. 
and apple juices, which is in a lot of different products out there. And he also has a sensitivity to uh, the pit f- uh, fruits like peaches and nectarines, those things that have pits. So, I mean, not very many people have heard about those types of allergies. And again, like we mentioned before, you could tell me all day long that uh, fish is good for me, which I can eat fish, but if I had a seafood allergy and couldn't eat it, well, then that's the problem. I can't eat it. So you're right about finding other ways to get those nutrients in and the fiber and the other vitamins and minerals in these different types of foods. Yeah. And then some of it's just availability, you know, here, here in Bocas, if I decided I wanted to be vegan, now there's, there's lots of restaurants that I could go have vegan meals. Um, Mm -hmm. but you know, I, I can't necessarily walk into the grocery store and find tempa. No you know, or, or soy, I can find maybe some edamame, but I'm going to get really tired of eating edamame every day as my protein source. <laughs> right. um, and if you have sensitivities, some people just really don't tolerate beans or they don't tolerate mm-hmm. nightshades. They don't tolerate, mm-hmm. um, a, a lot of those things. And if you mm-hmm. have not just allergies, but intolerances, mm-hmm. um, you're really going to struggle to get the nutrients that you need. Right. And some of the things you're eating are actually anti-nutrients and pulling away from that as well. So, you know, the closer you can get to a balanced diet where you feel comfortable, you're, you're kind of balancing out your ethical concerns or, you know, concerns about the planet and just recognizing, okay, um, I am, I'm probably not killing the planet by eating a little bit of meat. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I might not be killing the planet at all. I don't know. You can show me a study and show me a statistic that tells me, okay, yes, one cow destroys the earth. And I'd say probably not now, you know, millions and billions of cows and the process that we're doing. And, and obviously in industrial farming is, is terrible uh, the way they treat the animals because they're, they're a product. And I, I know that sounds mm-hmm. horrible, but you know, mm-hmm. it, it, it is what it is. And, um, you know, if you want to eat those ways, uh, you can, uh, mm-hmm. what I've found is a lot of people end up substituting and doing all this machinations to almost pretend they're not eating that way. Um, and I don't think that's any better. And, you know, as we t- discussed right. with Julie, it's like, yeah, some of those, uh, substitutes are, are probably worse for worse for you than had you just said, okay, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and eat some chicken. Mm-hmm. Um, and just be a flexitarian, you know, sure. I'm going to go ahead and eat a little bit of beef, but in real moderation, maybe a mm-hmm. once a week or twice a week thing. And you're a flexitarian, you're most of your plant, most of your food, most of your nutrition and calories is coming from plants. Uh, then you're moving in maybe a way that's more healthful for you, but mm-hmm. you have to figure that out. As you said, you know, everybody's can be a little different. Mm-hmm. What you eat, I don't eat what I eat. You don't necessarily well, I eat everything, but, um, <laughs> you probably won't eat right? um, because I eat just about everything. Uh, I'm not afraid of any food. And if I know I need some, like I literally went to uh, the butcher where we buy, buy, where I buy most of my meat. And I said, okay, uh, I want to see if you can get me some organic liver, give me some organic kidney, give me some organic heart and get me some thymus. And she, I had to spell thymus and she had to look it up to figure out what it was. Oh, it's in the neck. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's really good. Uh, I didn't want to call it, tell her a sweet bread. I didn't want to confuse her, but, um, <laughs> you know, she's like brain. I'm like, no, that's, that's the mm-hmm. one thing I don't want to eat because I I've, you know, there's, there's been some stories of people having issues with brains. And so I've, mm-hmm. I avoid eating brain, but that's, that's, that's just a line because I've seen, if they don't take care of the animal, that's, that's how they're going to get you. Um, yeah. but you know, if, if you're willing to eat anything, then you're going to be able to get the nutrition you need as mm-hmm. long as you're paying attention and just, you know, not, not eating stuff. And that's sure. where people get in trouble is that elimination. Right. Well, I love how she made it a four leveled, um, kind of way to move being flexitarian, pescatarian, vegetarian, and vegan, and then sliding to those different ways of eating as your body responds to it. But I also appreciated how she said to try something and sit there for a couple of weeks. Like just don't go from A to Z, you know, start with Mm -hmm. making smaller food swaps or instead of eating meat five days a week, eat it for a couple meals a day, a couple days a week, and just kind of switch from beef to chicken to fish and just kind of make these tiny swaps, but then sit on it for a couple of weeks 
to get your body used to that and see how it responds. And I really appreciate too, because, you know, if vegan is too difficult or um, you're not feeling great being vegan, you can slide back up again and have a meal that has fish or chicken in it and slide back down again and see how your body responds. Because at the end of the day, that's what's the most important thing is you feeling good and having enough energy to do what you want to do. Yeah. Well, in, in a sense, you know, with, with any of these things, when you go to a publisher, if you sat there and said, this is the four month plan, to, <laughs> to, <laughs> um, they would say, no, uh, no one's mm-hmm. going to buy a four month plan. But to be honest with you, two weeks was just enough for you to kind of kick the tires a little bit. You're not yeah. really even taking it for a test drive. Mm-hmm. So she encourages even go a little longer if you need to. So oh, if you're good. going from full meat eater to flexitarian, then mm-hmm. sit not, not just on a couple of weeks, but you may want to sit there for a good long time and just say, okay, I'm comfortable here. And now when I'm mm-hmm. comfortable, I can consider going to the next level. That's a good and you idea. take that next step. And she talks about that a little bit in the book, but mm-hmm. she couldn't say the four month plan to figure out sure. the best way for you to eat. <laughs> and then the other side of it is, okay, so maybe you get yourself to a point where you're, you're full vegan. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you're going full vegan and then you're out with friends and they don't have the vegan options, but they, you know, they have a a deal where you can do something that's like vegetarian Mm -hmm. and you take that step and say, okay, well, I'm going to have a vegetarian meal. Mm -hmm. You're not going to (laughs) die. Right. You know, you're going to, you're going to have your vegetarian meal, enjoy the heck out of it. And then mm-hmm. tomorrow, when you fix your own breakfast, it's it's your normal vegan fare. Back to normal, and you're yep. back to normal. And so, just mm-hmm. recognize that um, it's that it's that strictness. It's that feeling like you've got this um, this electrode fastened to you that if you do something wrong, it's going to shock you. <laughs> and your body might. I mean, I can tell you if you are are eating vegan and then you go out and decide to have a big eight ounce juicy steak. Uh, you might have some difficulties the next day or so mm-hmm. where your body's trying to say, what the hell did you just do to me? Um, <laughs> that was a little too bizarre. Um, mm-hmm. if you do that jump, but if you just say, okay, you know, I normally would eat vegan and so I'm going to eat predominantly plant-based and, oh, there's a little bit of fish. I'm going to have a little bit of fish and I'm going to go on about my day. So I get some protein because I had the fish. Um, and then I had the salad and I'm good. Um, it was a meal, you know, and so yeah. I, I think a lot of people kind of get lost in the, oh, well, once I define as something, then I have to eat that way or the, the gods of veganism or the gods of carnal carnivore are going to get it down on me. Cause I see it every day. Like I'm on Facebook and, and someone will be in a group and they're like, well, am, am I, am I allowed to have this on a carnivore diet? And it's just so funny that they're mm. asking people on the internet permission yeah. <laughs> to people eat a plant. Can- to it's have terrible. coffee. Like, can it's, I have oh coffee gosh. on the carnivore diet? And I'm like, are, are you really asking permission from people on the internet? Like they're the rulers of carnivore mm-hmm. and, or, you know, and it, and it works the same way with, with, it works the same with vegan. It's the same oh, thing. It's, it's like, if, it's if they cook my vegan meal on a plate, on a pan that was cooked meat, am, am I not vegan? And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, it's uh, unfortunate <laughs> that, that people are so mean about it. That people are saying, you know, if you're going to be vegan, this is how you're going to eat till the end of time. And, and again, it doesn't have to be that way. You need to eat based on how you're feeling and what your energy level or energy needs are for that day. And what you eat today or 10 years from now could be vastly different. And that's okay. I just, I just don't see how people can be on top of each other like that and be so rude. It's the tribalism. It was the reason, whole reason I had that guy on to talk about tribalism because his name his first name was Alan. It was Buchanan, mm-hmm. Alan, Dr. Alan Buchanan. That's why we talked about tribalism because I, mm-hmm. I really wanted folks to understand that you, you, you get into this ideology. It's an us versus them thing. Oh, and, right. and it creates, and they're using it now everywhere. If you don't follow their ideology, you're wrong and you're evil. Mm. And so it, they create this us versus them. And I would just say, don't buy it. Don't buy no. into it. Just don't even identify with how you eat. If, if that's, mm-hmm. if that's an identifier, that might be an indication that there's a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, if you just say, I eat real food, 
Yeah. Oh, end of story. And they're like, what's Period. that? It was like, what's that? I'm like, real food. Like, I, I know Whatever it was alive. I, I know, want. I know it was alive. And if I'm hungry for something, I eat it. Mm-hmm. And that might be like, I'm gonna have a big salad with some, I found this product here called black garlic and I'm, I'm obsessed mm. with it. Um, mm. It basically, it gets, it gets really kind of sweet because the way they handle it, I don't, I don't know the whole scenario, how it's made. I, I probably need to look that up because I'm eating something and I don't really understand it, <laughs> but it, it's, like if you've ever had a salad and it like has uh cranberry dried cranberries in it or something like mm-hmm. that, like that, and you kind of get that mm-hmm. texture of a, sure. a cranberry in with your salad. So it's just a different texture in your salad. Hmm. Like I'm doing that. I've got olives, I've got, you know, different, uh, different spices and things I'm putting in it. And then I'm throwing in, um, I'm just doing vinegar and oil, uh, you know, balsamic vinegar and oil on this big salad, but these things come in and they're and beets. And it's like, they Ooh. come in as a, like a, just a different texture. So there's the mm-hmm. beets and then there's the, the lettuce and then it's rosemary yeah. that I put on there. And you guys will hear the episode on that. Not too, too long in the future, but it's, yeah, it's just some foods that she talked about in her book. Nice. Uh, and we'll get into that. And like I said, in a few weeks about, you know, these different foods, I've started adding them to my, my normal diet just to see how I feel eating that way. Uh, mm-hmm. But I found these things and it's kind of like, now I don't need raisins or, or these craisins or, you know, dried raspberry things that I mean, mm-hmm. dried um, cranberry nice. things that I would normally have on a salad. Mm-hmm. I do this and nice. love it. But you know, again, you try something new and you learn right. something and I have to right. do a little research to figure out how they make black garlic or, or whether it is it. Cause it, it, it can't just be a garlic. There's something they're doing to it. That hmm. makes it this uh, versus just being garlic, um, but it's delicious. And I'm pretty much having it about nice. once, once every other day or once every huh. day, <laughs> I think I've skipped maybe two days in the last oh, week gosh. Uh, that I haven't had that big salad with that. But, you know, you buy a lettuce, it's like, like well, lettuce, you know, lettuce and arugula and this, and I'm like, I need to work through this and before mm-hmm. it goes bad. So right. yeah, I've had <laughs> salad for like five times out of the last seven days. Um but no, it's just try new foods, try yes. to learn something new. And if you want to yes. kind of go down this plant-based uh, approach, you know, then mm-hmm. here, Julie Wilcox has kind of given you a, a, a guidance and talking you through the transition from one mm-hmm. level to the next to make it sustainable and make it easier yeah. um, so that you can find where you belong. And if you go a little far, you can take that step back. Or if there's a day or a celebration or something going on and you're kind of like, well, I really want that. Uh, then you go ahead and have it. And then you just recognize your body might not appreciate it as much as you did. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you just, you just know, okay, this is my, like uh, you, you said, there's a a dish that you always have at Christmas time. If you found your body just said, ah, then you would say, okay, I mean, that's, that's, that's just a reality of December 26th. You know, it's, Mm -hmm. (laughs) it just is. Um, And so that's how we want to live our lives is food serves us not Mm -hmm. us serving our food. Right. Right. Yeah. What a great book. Great interview. All right. Well, Rachel, I will talk to you next week. Awesome. Take care. You too. Thanks. Next time on the 40 plus fitness podcast, we meet Lisa Moskowitz and discuss her book, the core three healthy eating plan. Discover the simple sustainable way to lose weight, feel great and enjoy food freedom until then have a happy and healthy week.